Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. When it comes to the movies, you gotta have the bucket of popcorn, a big old fountain drink. Me, preferably with a lot of ice. A candy of choice as a topper. And if you're talking films that are made in Mississippi and out of our great state, it sure wouldn't hurt adding today's guest to the menu, as if it wasn't for him, we would have probably never seen it happen. Are such classics as My Dog Skip and The Help Made in Our Magnolia State. The heart and soul and mastermind behind the Mississippi Film Incentive way back in the early 2000s. He ran the show for what seems like forever and did it so wonderfully. Before hanging up his role as director of the Mississippi Film Commission in 17, and I've been looking forward to taking a Mississippi minute to talk lights, camera, and action with him. Let's bring in a wonderful man, actor, and artist, Ward Emling. What's up, Ward? Well, not much, but we should just stop after that uh, introduction. I'm going, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm in every word. I'm in every word of it. I've, I've been a fan of yours from afar. I uh, had a lot of friends that were uh, friends of yours, that, and we just never seemed to, to meet. And I was uh, lucky enough when I moved back to, to see you speak uh, at a couple of uh, events, see you moderate events, and I was just blown away. Uh, and you were, uh, you were even more than uh, the reputation. So uh, it was just really amazing. And I can't wait to celebrate your life. This show has really become all about that and uh, me listening for a change mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. learning and learning about the people uh, that have carved the way, especially in this fertile, rich land of, of artistry that you and I both know of as Mississippi. Yeah. So yeah. I want to I dig back. I want to start talking about you were born in NOLA and, and yep. you end up moving to, to Jackson. Tell me about your folks. Were they in the arts? Uh, what caused the move? Uh, and when the bug bit you? Hmm. Well, my parents were not in the arts. Um, uh, my mother was a public servant, worked for social services and the Department of Human Services here in Mississippi. My father was a traveling salesman who, you know, sold building materials all around Mississippi. Wow. Um, and um, so he got transferred up from New Orleans um, to the Jackson, to the Mississippi region, and uh, so we moved up in, when I was 10, 1964. Hmm. And um, so 
Hoo, 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 hoo. When did it start? Really, I guess I have to go back to, I remember, it's funny, we lived one year in New Jersey, my 10th grade year. And I remember going to uh, an audition uh, for the play at Ridgewood High School in Ridgewood, New Jersey. And I'm sitting there, and, and I don't know what made me do that. But I'm sitting there, and um, I'm watching the auditions, and it's like, oh, no, these people are too good. And so I didn't audition. I just, you know, I went home. Um, and then uh, at Mora High School, 19, my senior year, 71, 72, um, I wasn't in the first play uh, of the year, and uh, which was Up the Down Staircase, I think. Yep. Uh, directed by Barry Plunkett. And uh, so, uh, but, you know, everybody else in school was. So uh, when the spring production of The Wizard of Oz rolled around, I... I auditioned and got a part as one of those Oreo, you know, those witches guards, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, the Tuesday before, the, I auditioned for the Scarecrow and didn't get it. And the Tuesday before, the guy who was playing the Scarecrow twisted his ankle in gym class, playing, you know, softball at gym, in gym. Well, and they came to me at the end of the day and said, well, you have to... You know, we need you to do this because the costume fits you. That was about it, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I learned the part in three days and did it that Friday night because he was still hobbled. And um, fortunately, an actress who had been working at Millsaps, you know, uh, Claire Crawford, saw me in that production. Went to Lance Goss at Millsaps College and said, "I think this kid is coming to Mrs. Uh, coming to Millsaps, so you should look for him." And um, so. Um, I got to Millsaps, and somebody encouraged me to try out for a play, and which I did. And um, I mean, the whole thing starts right there. And you know, you think about things that happen in your life that um, that turn everything. Right. I mean, essentially, Steve Jenkins twisting his ankle in soft, you know, playing softball in gym class at, at Mora High School. Um, created this whole career. It, it, it defined your life right yeah. there. Because at that moment, I mean, you know, from Millsaps, I, I got the, I got my first, so at Millsaps I was in the play, and then a movie came to Mississippi. This is 1973. The film commission had just been created. And um, so I, um, you know, we all went down to audition for this film. And uh, uh, the Adve- musical adventures of Huckleberry Finn in Natchez, and uh, I got a part as an extra, and then got a part, you know, got got a job as in the, in the wardrobe department as a, a production assistant in the wardrobe department, and uh, that was my summer job, uh, working on that film, and essentially it was my. You know, my film degree. That's my film class. We didn't have film at Millsaps. You didn't have film anywhere but Southern, I guess, at that point. Right. And, uh, and so that's where I learned, I mean, just about everything that there is to know about film, because I was on the set every day, and, um, and that was it. And uh, wild. then um, a couple years later, a movie came to Jackson called The Premonition, and... Uh, I got a job in the production office of that, and that's where I met the film office and the folks with the film office. And, uh, you know, it goes back to that. Um, 
Did you go to college, Ward? We're talking to Ward Emling. Uh, did you go to college uh, for what? What was your degree? Well, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. You know, I thought, I mean, I went to Millsaps, and, you know, uh, I went to Millsaps. I was going to be, I guess I was pre-law, going to have a, you know, get a degree in sociology and, and, and you know, do pre-law and uh, go to law school. Did you ever and, think uh, about going uh, to New or- back to New Orleans for uh, college? Was that a temptation at all? Uh, yeah, and actually my, it came down to Tulane, where my parents had gone, Tulane and Newcomb. It came down to Tulane and Millsaps, and I decided to go to Millsaps. We're, we're in the middle of deciding right now our baby girl. Uh, so Tulane's been one of the options, and uh, we yeah. visited there, and then Georgia and Arkansas, and we're, we're all over the map. But we're, uh, it's been a... Uh, it's been, you know, it's tough on a dad with the baby, especially when she's a girl. But, but she loves Tulane. I just don't know if it, she's whole in the whole culinary thing, and food science, and they just don't seem to have a fit for her. And like our oldest son, who is in your world, just mm-hmm. you know, basically been making films since he was a little boy, and actually right, had a film right. up in the Austin Film Festival this year, a short, which was, oh, which good. was awesome. So he's making his way, but he he went to Chapman, so we ha- he had to go somewhere that made sense. So yeah, uh, it's interesting that your life, <laughs> the, the sprained ankle, the moment, <laughs> the moment of truth. The well, the you know, do you ever did you ever uh, look back and or have you ever told him that? That he pre- you appreciate everything and the the injury. Oh well, I don't know where I, I I thanked him for twisting his ankle at second base, but I, I did. Uh, but he certainly knows because uh, he was actually he, he Steve went on to to Millsaps. Um, it was a year behind me at Millsaps, and um, so he and and his brother were both at Millsaps with me. And I love it. So they yeah they knew the story. They knew where where the twist happened. You know, in my life, and. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because the job, the the second job where I, in the film industry, where I met, the, you know, where I worked more closely with the film office at the time, a woman named Walterine Odom, and uh, 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 the head of the office is a guy named uh, Charles Allen. Um, I was sitting in Lance Goss's office, and you know, at the Christian Center in Mil- at Millsaps when the call came, they were looking for a production assistant. And 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 Lance said, "Well, I think he's sitting right here." <laughs> so uh, you know, I can uh, just like I I thank Steve. You know, I, I thank Softball tomorrow, but I also you know have to have to thank you know Lance Goss uh, for the film career and, and for the for the theater career because I mean I my time at Millsaps was was all about theater. I mean Millsaps was a great experience. I have to say that oh, it's a great school. You know, great, great, and, great and, school. Uh, yeah, you know I. Uh, uh, so much good in my life happened there, began there, and, and, and you know, certainly the theater and film, which have been the two defining um, careers uh, of my, you know, of my time on this planet. You know, they uh, uh, they both really came to, you know, came to the fore at, at Millsaps College with Lance Goss. It's, and, what, and what a life has given you and the people you've gotten oh, to meet and the people yeah. you've gotten to impact and be impacted by. I mean, yeah. as as in the, uh, someone in the arts, it's just been amazing, an amazing ride, uh, just experiencing the people, uh, and and especially the ones that are really successful and their humbleness and appreciation for being there. Uh, it's it's an awesome thing. We're talking to Ward Emling here in the Mississippi Minute. We're just getting started. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Bazar. I am with the fabulous Ward Emling, who I'm wondering uh, if he retired from the Mississippi Film Commission in 17 after your second stint, I think. What are you doing now? Well, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keeping my hand in with the film. Uh, I've uh, uh, put together some film series. I was hired to, at the, both the Museum of Art in Jackson and the, um, uh, the, the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Museum there in Meridian, the new that new museum in right. Meridian, to to put together some film series for them, uh, and I've done uh, two at um, at the Museum of Art, and uh, we just started uh, the second series that we're doing at uh, over in Meridian at the at the you know arts and entertainment experience there, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and I've also gone back to the stage. I mean, I, I've uh, auditioned. I was never able to really. Um, you know, I, as the director of the film office, I was you know I was busy all the time, and and my schedule was never really my own. You know, you never knew mm-hmm. when a film was going to sh- show up or when a scout was going to happen and all that kind of stuff. So I couldn't commit to doing any plays. And so once I retired, I started started auditioning at New Stage again. And last April, I was uh, in a production of. Uh, in in their production of Shakespeare in Love, you know, it's the first time I'd been on stage in 24 years. Your little butterflies, and, uh, little magic there, butterflies. <laughs> I call them. Well, magical. I mean, it was a, a few. I mean, it's more like, can I learn lines and move around the stage? <laughs> I can't you know, learn lines. Like... I'm not learning. I, it's not going to happen. That's my biggest fear. Of how do you remember the words? You know, I, easy when you write the songs, you're, you don't think about it. But mm-hmm. I guess I guess your mind's trained that way. But yeah, I was wondering. Uh, yeah. So so that was just a thrill. I mean, to be back in that world right. uh, after 24 years and, um, you know, around actors that I had been seeing and, 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 and actors who, of course, weren't around when the last time I was on stage. <laughs> and um, and then in October, I was in their production of um, Diary of Anne Frank, which was an extraordinary experience. And uh, and coming up in, um, you know, in April and May uh, this season, I'm in a... In, in, uh, in a new produ- in a production of a new play, a newer play that won the Pulitzer Prize in 2017, called Sweat um, at New Stage. So it's that's been a joy to be able, you know, kind of, you know. So I retired back to the stage, back wow. where I, you know, started, and uh, and I'm the new old guy in town, you know, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But uh, <laughs> you know, what is it about? You know, uh, some of our friends that that I've gotten to know that are actors like Richard Carn, uh, mm-hmm. John O'Hurley. Uh, Richard Berge, uh, they are all still in love with theater, even though yeah. that they've made <clears throat> their biggest money, uh, and obviously given them, I guess it's given them the ability to go back to theater. They're they're absolutely m- mad in love with. It. They said that there is a charge uh, that yeah. they get, and also it brings them back to the beginning. It's like the um, you know, and so they're doing all that right now. Is there an energy that you love when performing live? Yeah, and I'll tell you what else it is. It is about the process of of rehearsal, which you don't get in film or television, uh, certainly not in television, Um, of of spending three weeks with a bunch of actors and a director and and the production designers and all of that, you know, that put the stage together and, uh, you know, and figuring this play out and and, and experimenting and and, and, because you get to change things, you, you know, things... And things turn, and then when you get into performance, this it, it's such a unique experience that um, uh, I heard a great interview one time. Saw a great interview with uh, with Bo Williman, who created that 
uh, series, um, uh, House of Cards, and he was talking about, and he started, he started in the theater, and he talked about every theatrical performance is is a, is a one-time performance. There's no, there, it's never repeated because something changes. The next night, the audience reacts differently. An actor reacts differently. You trip or, you know, you miss a line or you, you know, sit in a different part of the chair or whatever. And it changes on those little things. And, uh, you know, still the, the, the complete picture of, of the uh, play is, is pretty much the same, but it's always so fluid um, because of this real-life moments, you know, the real-life moments that are happening an audience brings something completely different every night. And um, so it's, it's fascinating because it's almost like, uh, you know, I, and I used to say this about government. So I was around a lot of people who, um, you know, who just needed the same thing to happen every day. Every day I'm going to do this. This right. is how it works. And, you know, we never had that luxury in the film office. I mean, because the industry is changing about every minute, as you know, <laughs> yeah. from, you know yeah, yeah. from working in it. Um, and so you're constantly shifting and reading and seeing how things, you know, what's changing in the industry and, and how, um, you know, and, and how that, um, um, uh, you know, and, and how that, um, uh, and how that affects, how that's going to affect your daily life running, uh, you know, the film industry in the, right. in the state of Mississippi. And, um, you know, and you're sitting there, and it's like, okay, it's like playing baseball and learning how to not pull your head out of a hard grounder, you know? Right. You know, right. <laughs> it gets, and it's like, and you have to trust that you're going to get your hand, you get that glove up or a hand up or whatever, and if the ball takes a bad hop and, 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 and you know, is headed towards your face, that you're going to be able to deal with it. And, right. and uh, you know, in state government, you don't always have that. You've got a lot of people who aren't trusting their instinct. Uh, to you know, to to accept you know, to to recognize and and, and change. So this is your and, challenge that you. T- I wanted to get to your yeah, challenges. and that's the challenge of the theater that you know you got to trust when you get on that stage that if if you mess up or if that 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 the other people are going to catch it and help you, and it's not gonna you know the ball's not gonna hurt you. You're not gonna knock you out or whatever. But right. Um. And and then and if they mess up, you have the you know the, the the talent and the and and the instinct to um, and the preparation to you know to go with it to right. figure out how to help them uh, and that's a that's a huge thing you know in, in in film and television you just stop and start over well in the theater you don't right right we're talking to Ward Emling and there's an answer to that you could do what I did and play catcher so you'd have all this <laughs> gear in front of you you'd never have to worry about a short hop yeah <laughs> yeah hey Ward. Tell me what your biggest challenge has been, and also what's the uh, the silver lining. One of the things that, that that you that you learn is that you're educating every day. It's not just the beginning of every administration or the beginning of every session or or whatever. That every day you're having to explain what it is that you do and the value of having the film industry in the state of Mississippi, um, and you can't ever kind of sit back and think everybody knows because they don't, and they don't understand it. And what you're also trying to do is figure out how to explain it better and, how to exp- and, and, you're, and you're explaining it in different ways to different people. It's, I used to say I'm like, 
you know, Sybil, that that uh, multi <laughs> that multi personality character in that in that in that movie uh, in in real life, but they they made a movie of it. Is that I have to read every script and I have to think about everything like that right. because I'm having to explain this to a whole range of people um, and. Uh, how, why the film industry is important, how it works, uh, what we need, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so, and um, so you know that. So, and it doesn't. So, so that becomes your daily kind of you know mentality. Is okay. I'm I'm educating all right. the time. Right. And um, and you know at the end of the day, and and, and I used to say this a lot because, uh, and I still say this a lot, is that what gets you and, and where you recognize and the silver lining perhaps as you mentioned where you that kind of pulls you into the office every day is that you know that every movie that you bring to Mississippi could change a life because it happened to me it happened to Nina Parikh who's running the office now it happened to Tate Taylor it happened to you know friends of mine all over the place a movie came to town and changed our lives so we know that that can happen again, and we expect that, to, and we know that. Yeah, we expect that to happen again. So when you're looking at a community like, you know, when when the help went to Greenwood, or or um, you know, my dog Skip in Canton, which actually before that, a time to kill in Canton was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that you're going to touch somebody. A movie's coming to town. Something that they never expected in their wildest imagination, a movie was going to come to their town and they were going to be able to be a part of that. Right. And it was either going to change their, their week or change their lives. Wow. And um, I'll tell you, that's, that's a great motivation for, you know, for anybody. But, um, you know, it, it changed kind of the public servant part of our thinking. It sounds like it kept you energized, and if you got, if there were times you got exhausted, you knew the silver lining was the impact it would make on so many. We're talking to Ward Emling. Ward, we are a filmmaking state because of you and your friends, and I (laughs) love it. But we also are the birthplace of American music. So you, oh yes, we are. Yes, we are. We get to play a little DJ. Would you like to hear some Denise LaSalle or Charlie Pride? Let's hear them both. No, you know, uh, Charlie Pride. You got it. We're with Ward Emling. I hear birds in the background. It's a magnolia, beautiful day here in Mississippi (laughs) Minute. We'll be right back. JT and Rhino. These are great people. They're tough, they're smart, and they love our country. The JT Show. The greatest of all time. Weekdays 10 till 1. Let me hear it. Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with Ward Emling. I can hear the birds tweeting in the background, which means it's a glorious day uh, of this interview. And I know he's in his backyard or somewhere. Uh, I'm in the backyard. Yes, enjoying, enjoying the weather and uh, our, our little piece of uh, heaven on earth. Hey, Ward, let's talk about the help. Um, yeah. and, and I want to talk about the, these great movies that were made. I want to start with the help. Okay. Uh, 
an amazing film. I, I want to know how it sort of came about. Uh, when did you, like, take me back to when you first had the opportunity for it. Were there any other states that had, had you know, the shot at it? And, and what went into bringing it here? Well, um, it starts with Tate Taylor and, uh, and Bronson Green, um, uh, who had been partners in, uh, in, in some short films and some, and, and, uh, some small feature films. And Tate was good friends with Catherine Stockett, who wrote that book and got the rights to it, like, immediately. Um, and they came to the office one day. Nina and I are there, and Tate and Brunson come in, and, uh, you know, and they, they um, were looking for locations. At that point, it was a, it was, they were going to make it. You know, there was going to be an independent film, uh, and, they were, and they were making that film. And, um, and so we talked about locations, and, and uh, they were headed up to Greenwood, and, um, you know, we put them in touch with a few people up there. And, uh, but then they kind of took off. And, 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 you know, we're up there and, uh, and found all of those locations, uh, that, that you see in the movie, just about everything is It all fell into place, uh, pretty quickly. And one of the people that they met up there was a, was a guy named Bill Crump, who was the head of their economic development foundation, worked for Viking, um, and, um, um, was like the chairman of the board of the foundation. And, uh, mm. um, you know, and Bill knows everybody and, um, you know, and, and, and Greenwood had just, they had just, Viking had just downsized some workers, and uh, which we know in any, in any town that when you downsize the major employer, that it, that it has a, a, a psychological effect, but also, you know, a financial effect on the community. Yes. And, um, you know, so they found all the locations. They were committed to going there, and then the movie exploded. They got... You know, more Christopher Columbus's company uh, uh, got involved, and um, uh, and so you know it was going to happen. And and you know, sure they were told to to look at Louisiana because of the incentives in Louisiana were slightly better than ours at the time. And um, and then we went out for the Grammy event, which you know completely about uh, the, uh, the the Mississippi Night the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles. And, right. And Gray Swope, who was the head of economic development at the time, went out that year, and, and we went to a meeting at Chris Columbus's office of 14, uh, 1492, I guess is the company, and uh, and he had a chance to sit down with the producers and with Tate and you know and Brunson and kind of get it. And I remember later that evening he looked at me and he said, you know, uh, okay, I get this. Um, uh, you know, I should have come out long before now. <laughs> Right, right, <laughs> Just yeah. talking about the industry in general. He said, you've been trying to, and now I see the value of it. Um, and he said, and I think there's probably ways that, that we can, that, that economic development can kind of insert itself here um, and, uh, and change how we put these things, you know, how we put this together. Because he, he saw, he, he knew the, the downturn that was going to happen in Greenwood because of that Viking um, right. um, uh, movement and uh, so he um, so we looked at it's the first time I mean I'm all I'm, I'm always trying to as I said figure out how to explain things to them and of course sometimes you just have to put people in the middle of it and uh, and the the film office was part of the division of tourism which is a part of the Mississippi Development Authority so we were in economic development but we're the weird guys over there in the of course corner you, are. you know yeah I love being yeah. the weird guy I and uh, um, so um, so 
he, we were able to look at the health because of Gray, and that uh, we were able to look at it as an economic development project, and he pulled in Intergy, and, and he working very closely with Bill Crump, who was invaluable. I mean, Bill Crump was on that set every day. He was, he, he could, he was the local person who made everything happen uh, on the help. And, um, and so there we are, you know, and, and looking at, let's pull in different grants and, and different things and treat this like an economic develop, development project, which it is. I've been saying for years, I'm just an economic developer, an industrial yeah. developer <laughs> like the guys going after Nissan and Toyota. Um, I just have a different, completely different industry, and we it's something and it works in a complete in, in it works in a different way, but by the same kind of it needs the same environment for itself. I think that's a great way of looking at it. It's just a different vehicle uh, that yep. takes you. And obviously on a, a gamut of emotions, which is what the yep. film business does. I love it. So yeah. keep going. And, you know, and it got to the point where Gray um, um, would start would say, started to say at, at statewide conventions, um, statewide organ, you know, meetings of, of economic developers, he said, look, if you don't believe that the film industry is economic development, then you're not paying attention to what's going on in Greenwood, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could say that, and I had been saying that till I was like blue in the face. But he said, and it, of course, gave us this extraordinary credibility, uh, you know, uh, in in um, you know throughout the state with with a completely different segment of people. We know that film is good for communities. We know that every community where we've put a film has 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 uh, benefited in multiple ways from having the film there and um wow. and so but gray saying that in front of you know a bunch of economic developers was right was was what you needed to happen yeah. tell me tell me is there a fine line now between indie and major motion pictures mm, no but you know they're all they all do the same thing they all spend money and they all hire people and uh and you know the world is so different uh, you know because of Netflix and because of cable before that, um, and um, you know, and, and you can get films made because there's there's so many avenues for product. There's so much need for product with mm-hmm. all of the, you know, with all of the cable. Everybody, you know, every cable, CMT, they're all doing um, original right, right. scripted original programming. Uh, and then you add Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Epic. You, you, you know, it's just it doesn't stop. And, 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 and we know that this is an industry that grows exponentially, um, that um, there's going to be the need for more product tomorrow than there is today. And this is, a, this is an industry that has been on this constant ascent um, as I like to say, I don't know what we'll be driving, and I don't know what will be on those cars, you know, to, to connect them to the road, right. you know, in 20 years. But I know that we'll be, that there'll be a screen in our pockets or, you know, our handbags or, you know, on our wall or wherever. And there better be some entertainment. There better be some content on there that we want to watch. Do you feel like the feel the same way that that even that all this content coming out and all these landing spots for it, uh, and and available ways to to view now and to listen and to absorb, you feel that's a good thing? Oh yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's 
everybody has an idea. Everybody has a story that they can tell. Right. Um, and, um, and, and, and everybody that has an iPhone or a smartphone now has the ability to do it. When I was in at Millsaps, and, you know, we didn't have a film program there. My, I mean, but I went to movie after movie after, you know, I went to five movies a week. I did what I did all through the 70s, which was a great, you know, if, if that's going to be your film school, you know, the, the right. films that were coming out in the 70s, pretty, pretty good film school. <laughs> damn right. and, um, and, and so, you know, we know that there's stories out there. Well, you, you know there's stories out there. Every, everybody listening knows there's stories out there, especially in the state of Mississippi. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, what, what today's world is, you know, creates is the opportunity for somebody to get their, their story told. And, and uh, you know, I, it changes, changed the music industry um, and, and, and created challenges for the music industry and for musicians like yourself. But it also creates new venues every moment. YouTube, you know, uh, I mean, where's... I mean, was it Chance the Rapper who was a wasn't even a musician, as it right, were? You right. know, <laughs> just he found he found the avenue. He found an avenue online, and I, I guess through YouTube or whatever. And, and and you know, and he's a Grammy winner. You know, so That's crazy. Um, yeah. It's I think any opportunity that that we get as storytellers to get to another pair of ears or another pair of eyes uh, to another heart, to another soul, that, that, that that's a good thing. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it was limited before, and then I, the, unlimited, the unlimited opportunity out there creates that much more opportunity for somebody with a good idea, a good song, a good hook, whatever. We're talking to Ward Emling here in the Mississippi Minute. We're just getting started. Have a radio handy? That's okay. Listen to Super Talk online at supertalk.fm or with the Super Talk app. Just download it in your app store. This is where you come to talk. Super Talk, Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Steve Azar, I am with the fabulous. Ward Emling. Well, you've worked on over 300 films, and, and you brought them to our state, which is amazing. But you love my dog, Skip. It, it's, it's been documented. Yeah. I've read about it. It's in yeah. your bio. Uh, <laughs> what was the experience like that, that just really sits right in your heart? Well, it's such a sweet movie. I mean, uh, Gail Gilchrist, who wrote the, you know, adapted it from Willie's books, um, this created such a, a, a terrific film you know screenplay and uh jay russell the director was so committed to willie we had been working we'd worked with jay earlier on some documentary stuff and um willie was on the set every day and um you know and all of the actors brought their heart to that movie um and and you look at what is tell such a sweet story about 
you know, the childhood that we all would love to have. Um, some of us did to a certain extent, but, you know, there it was, this incredibly sweet story and, um, uh, and uh, about important relationships, whether they're with, you know, your father or your next-door neighbor, your hero, or your dog. And, um, and it was, um, you know, it, it just everything about it. And, and one of the great things about it is that it played for months and months and months in New York City. Um, defying everything, you know, it just kept playing in theaters in New York City, and I, so, and you know that every time that somebody went to that movie, they saw a Mississippi that they never had seen before, and that they were introduced to a writer that they didn't know anything about, and you know, if one person from all of those thousands and thousands of screenings in New York City went from the theater to a bookstore and bought a Willie Morris book, bought My Dog Skip, and then maybe bought something else. You know, that's the extraordinary influence of what it is that the film office does, that, that, we, that we could do that. And, and you can do that on any book. Um, you know, in the Grishams, you don't need to do that because everybody's already bought it. Right. Uh, but, you know, but here was, you know, here was a writer that maybe they didn't know. And we did this with Welty, and we did this with Larry Brown. We, you know, all of these uh, you know, Mississippi writers brought to the screen. And, you know, and if, it, if it moved someone to the library or to the bookstore after they saw it, um, uh, you know, how do you top that? How, how you know, like getting people to Mississippi after they hear one of your songs. I mean, these are the kind of intangible, uh, incalculable effects of, of a film. And, and My Dog Skip did that on every level, you know. I mean, a movie like Cookie's Fortune, which is another one of my favorites. Absolutely. Um, you know, did that on a, on a different level about Mississippi, as a small town in Mississippi. It's the funny thing is, both of those films, My Dog Skip and Cookie's Fortune, were both being filmed at the same time. I would go from one set in Canton to Holly Springs, the other set, where we did Cookie's Fortune. Hmm. So I'm going back and forth to these two films. And they're two of my favorite films um, and, and, and experiences on a film and experiences in a movie theater watching a film. Did you feel like that there was magic with both of them while it was going on? Did you just know? Yeah, you, you, you did. You knew that just because of the effect that the film had on the community, especially Cookie's Fortune up in Holly Springs, which essentially became the back, the back lot. I mean, the actors I mean, had extraordinary cast, an extraordinary cast of actors with one of the great, with one of the great directors, Robert Altman, you know, the great directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just moved into Holly Springs. They were living in houses. They were riding bicycles to work and going to eat, you know, their, their Sunday, Sunday lunches were at, you know, at, at the various houses where they were staying. It was a remarkable uh, relationship uh, there. Um, and it, it just as relationships with Mido Skip and Time to Kill and The Help and, you know, just about anywhere we go. But you could tell that they just had... They were terrific scripts to begin with, both in both instances. And the sets were so warm, everyone was so committed to the project. They both worked, yeah. There's an energy yeah. about being in the studio or on the set that is just remarkable. I'm so excited that my son is just embarking on this whole thing. He's living in West Hollywood, and they, they, have, they have like the band house. They Instead of having a bass player, drummer, piano player, lead singer, songwriters, all, they've got the producer, the director. He's a director, a screenplay writer. They're all that. And then the cinematographer, they're all giving each other work. He's coloring a lot of films now and all that wow. while, while they work. And they're going to shoot their... They're going to shoot their first uh, 
feature film here uh, in Mississippi, that, and, and I don't know why they picked August uh, for six <laughs> weeks, but they, they, they say the corn's got to be high. <laughs> well, well, you know, good. Good for us and good for him. I mean, I that's it. so important. It's what you had, as you know, as you said, you had the band in the room in the yeah. house. And, you know, we had that at Millsaps with, with the, there's a group of actors. We worked in a lot of the plays together. And, you know, to, to find that trust and, and you know, but even you're around a bunch of actors who who could probably do the same parts that you could do, it, it, it kind of, you know, kept kept a fine edge on your game as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, but that's so important is for a young person to be in a, in a, uh, a world of, uh, you know uh, this kind of togetherness world uh, oh, yeah. that where where people are focused on on creating something uh, that that they believe is special. I used to love to work with first time filmmakers mm-hmm. uh, and writer directors because they brought a completely different hope to the process. I love that Ward. I can't thank you enough. The legacy you continue to leave on all of us and the next generation, I guess simply put, matters. And so I appreciate you spending a Mississippi Minute. We've been with wonderful man out in his backyard. The birds are letting it, letting are singing as loud as they can. I hope they're mocking birds. Ward Emling, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking a Mississippi Minute. Thank you so much. This has been great. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.